This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com. And remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another episode of your favourite Hartlepool United podcast ahead of a bumper weekend of Pools action. A game at home on Saturday against AFC Files and a huge, huge trip down to Derbyshire on Monday with a sea of blue and white descending down at Chesterfield. But before we get into any of this episode's content, Jack, how are we keeping my very good friend? Well... My friend of high excellence, I must say that was a very good introduction to the podcast. But yeah, mate, I'm on top of the world. Three wins in a row. Pulls are just a delight to watch at the minute. And for a change, it's one of them where we're excited for every single game. And, you know, how times have changed compared to last season. Obviously, you made the very long journey down with 169 other Pulleys to Southend. No better place to start. The South End Review, I'll let you take it away seeing you were there in person. Yeah, I mean, if you're a neutral and you just picked that game to go to with a more a treat. I mean, end-to-end football for the best part of it. Um, goals galore. You just thought it was going to be one of those games that was going to end 4 all. And funnily enough, the lads will tell you, I funnily was looking at odds on the way down for 4 all, and it was, it was stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, both starts... Um, the start of the first half, the start of the second half, I thought we were poor, we were slow out the blocks. I mean, I know we went down, I think, was it 1-0, four minutes in? We could yeah. have been one down, we could have been one day down after two. Um, absolutely horror mistake from Onorese. Um, Obviously, he played out from the back and obviously, I think he was panicked. So, I think he tried to pass it back to the keeper straight away and obviously, well, the pass was short and gave Southend a, a huge opportunity. But then, like I say, two minutes later, they went one up anyway. Well, um, I think once Pools got into the game, we looked great. Um, I don't get tired of talking about this guy, but Anthony Mancini, I mean, what a boy. I mean, what a delight, what a pleasure it is to watch him in the blue and white. I mean, I think at times on, on Saturday, he was just taking the mick. You've seen probably the little clips yourself, Jack, and a lot of you at home probably have as well, where he's just dinking past players and just, you know, like it's nothing, you know, so... All I can say is enjoy it while it lasts. But yeah, I think the build up to all our three goals, I think, was superb. You know, Crawford's long range effort, although it, from our point of view behind the goal, it just seemed to take an absolute age to go in that net. It was, again, it came through good build up play. Um, who scored the second goal? Was it Mancini? 
I should know I was there. You were there, Davil, man. Um, I can tell you, I know who it was. It was Joe Gray. Because Joe Gray came on, he scored two minutes later. I can't believe you're even asking this question. But I can tell you for a fact, it was Joe Gray. I'd put all yeah, the money actually. Yeah, Crawford. Crawford, Gray, Gray and Seaman. Yes, yes. J- Joe Gray, a big shout out to him as well. Um, what a cameo when he came on. Made a, a huge impact and that is going to make things certainly interesting, I think, for, for John Askey when it comes to team selection. I think he's there. Uh, he certainly raised a couple of question marks as uh, as young Joe, so it was a great little cameo and wore away to top it off. Charlie Seaman, the Donny right back is just what we need. Honestly, um, again, what a player, what a goal, two great goals in, in one week and hopefully he can follow it up on Saturday. But yeah, it was just an overall great, great game, great performance and uh, a result that was probably... In my point of view, when I went down to South End, travelling down, it was one of those where I thought if we won, it would be a bonus. At half time, I said I'd take it as it won all. But at the moment, we're just in, we're in fine fettle, aren't we? We are indeed. Our good friend Bailey Winwood also tweeted Mancini might be the best player I've ever seen play, which it's, you know, a massive statement. But I think a lot of people, um, We'll see where he's coming from. I mean, the man of the match vote reflected exactly what you were saying. 78% of the vote. And funny enough, there was 170 votes, the same amount of the people that went down to Southend. And, you know, 78%. But I'd like to focus on a couple of things. It's easy to talk about Anthony. We all know what a class act he is. But I want to focus, and you've touched on him there, Joe Gray. To come on and get a goal... I mean, fantastic goal, fantastic team goal. And I'd said before the season started, and, you know, last season, I don't even want to admit this, but I've got to admit it. I said that Jake Hasty was going to play a big part. However, this season, I think it's fair to say, when I tweeted Joe Gray, is going to have a big impact when his confidence levels are boosted from some strong performances. I think I might be a bit closer on that one. I mean, Joe is someone who's shown what incredible talent he has. We, and I, I don't know whether you agree with this statement, Dava, but when we produce players out of the academy, I can't think of many that you know, have have gone on to have a big impact or got a move away that's a good move. Like, I know we've had, um, you know, obviously we've had Jack Baldwin. We've had Luke James. We've had Brad Walker, I think, came through. And obviously it looked like he was going to be destined for, you know, playing up at quite a high level. But we haven't been massively blessed in recent times with these types of players. And Joe is the exception. I think he's a fantastic footballer. He's got plenty of natural talent. He works hard. He's a pain in the ass for defenders. And I think the more and more opportunities we give him, the more game time we give him. And he's, as he contributes, his confidence will grow. So I think for me, that was one of the best things to take out of that win at South End. Another thing for me was the... Character that we've shown, you know, we all knew South End was going to be a tough game. We did. We knew that we had to go there and 
take the game to them and not treat them with too much respect. We had to be resilient because it was inevitable that we were going to come under times when it was going to be difficult for us. We were going to face a lot of pressure, obviously being the away team, you know, and and fair play to the lads. I mean, when we gone one nil down that early on, and I know you messaged in the group saying absolutely awful start or words to that effect. And I just thought it could be a long afternoon. But this is a new pose under John Askey. I don't want to jump the gun, but it's a team that has character, a team that has togetherness. And I think Saturday epitomised that. And I mean, I'll just finish on this. Charlie Seaman just gets it. I mean, I watched his interview after the game and he just spoke so well. And I loved how the players went over to the fans at the end and actually shook hands or high fives, whatever you want to call it. And you can really see that unitedness again between, certainly between the playing staff and the backroom staff and the supporters. And I think that's reflected, of course, in the results but the way that we've gone about our business and also in the following that is going to be heading down to Chesterfield. I mean, when we preview the Chesterfield game, we'll touch on the numbers of tickets that we've sold, but there really is something special building. And I think Southend to go there and win 3-2, come from behind twice, says an awful, awful lot about the position that we currently find ourselves in without getting carried away. So, I mean, how enjoyable is it to be reviewing games where it's so positive and, you know, to actually be able to enjoy discussing performances and to have that feel-good factor at back at Pearls Devil? Oh, it's, it's, it does. It, it makes a huge difference because, obviously, being a Pools fan, you know, it's never easy as this. You know, these times don't often come around very often. So when they do, you know, you like to make the most of it. And, you know, after last season, you know, this year was a fresh start. And we knew under John Askey that there was so much potential to wipe the slate clean and, and go into the season with confidence and with belief. And with the players that we've got and with the start that we've had, you know, to react like we have following Barnes. Because I genuinely thought after Barnes, you know, it could be a long season and, Maybe it, like I say, it could just be about getting through the fair season. But now you look at the reaction, three wins on the bounce, it's it's huge. So, like you say, it, it's very nice to come on here and be able to talk, possibly talk in the group, talk to our friends and just be happy and be proud of the club that we support. And it's like you touched on last season. If we went 2-1 down at South End last season, we'd have capitulated. There would have been no fight back. There'd have been no even one, even one nil down. After even one nil. Minutes. So to see the character and to see that never say die spirit within the team, you know that's what you want. You know it's even if we got beat, I wouldn't have mind because you clearly see the effort that the lads were going to. That last 10, 15 minutes, the lads were knackered. Both sides were knackered. The game that last ten minutes was so open. The lads giving it their all, and that's all you can ask for this season. And like you say, there is something special and. I've said it a few times, the John Askey train has left the station. Well, let's hope it's on the uh, HS, HS2 route back to the Football League as quick Ooh, as yeah. that should be. Um, but we won't go into the politics of that because this is, of course, a football podcast. But 
I just want to touch on something as well. Now, I highly, highly doubt that we'll have anyone from Southend listening, but just a word for them. I mean, awful situation going on at that football club. You've got a horrible person from what you read into it, someone who's just completely out of touch with reality at the helm at Southend and is clearly ruining a football club. I mean, they went to court. We're recording this on Thursday and they went to court yesterday and and to see that the judge had said, if it wasn't for the fans, I'd be winding it up on the spot. It's just so sad, isn't it? And it's a reminder of where pools were really because pools were very, very close. And if for some reason there is some Southend fan listening to this podcast, we really do wish your club all the best. And, you know, of course, as we said in a tweet yesterday on the podcast account, it's, yes, we're in direct competition to get promoted. And, you know, they're our, one of our promotion rivals, so to speak. But football is much more than that. And sometimes you've got to kind of remove that and just think how fortunate we are that we're in this position. We may not be happy with the position that we're currently in off the field with a certain individual, but at least we've got a football club that we can get behind every week. It appears like Southend are just week by week hoping that they'll be playing at the weekend. I mean, I'd heard rumours that the game was going to be um, potentially off with the water issues it had. And then obviously I've seen something about um, the fact that they were saying it could be Southend's last game. And if it wasn't for the judge saying that it was the supporters that kept it going, it would have been their last game against Pools. But they've been given till October. They've got a 10-point deduction. And um, yeah, just all the best to everyone who supports Southend because we know how it feels being in such a position of uncertainty um, with your football club. And it's not nice at all. But moving on to some club news then. We have announced a couple of new sponsorship deals recently. So on the 9th of August, which I, I think we failed to mention because that seemed like a while ago and we've done a podcast podcast since, but there was a new sleeve sponsor announced, which is Marlin Corporate Finance. Um, the partnership with the club will see the company logo adorned on the left sleeve of our home and away shirts. The headquartered in the northeast, serving clients nationwide, consultants fuse traditional bank manager approach to advice and support the latest fintech developments and offerings, as well as accessing the latest funding solutions for your business. We've got over 120 years of collective experience within the team, and Marlin provides professional and biased advice on current banking and lending facilities, specializing in property funding, business funding, business consultancy, and financial management. Well, Marlin, if anyone's listening, if you want to come and take over polls, um, as a corporate finance company, um, you know we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna um, completely push you away. We'd be willing to listen. I'm pretty sure. But commercial and operations director Rose Stoker said, "We are delighted to have Paul and the team at Marlin Corporate Finance on board as our sleeves once for our 23-24 campaign. I've worked with Paul previously and know how ambitious the company are. And being able to support them with exposure through kit branding has been really pleasing. Look forward to developing this partnership in the future." 
And the managing director of Marlin Corporate Finance, Paul Griffiths, added, we're delighted to partner with Hartlepool United in the National League. I'm looking forward to attending the suit direct. What will be hopefully a promotion chasing season. Club has invested in fantastic young talent and I'm sure the fans are in for some exciting times ahead. The new area kits look very smart and it's an excellent opportunity for Marlin Corporate Finance to be involved. We're looking forward to developing our relationship with the club, having worked with Rose on similar projects. Previously, and more recently, just three days ago, there was some new back of short sponsors announced. So LFF Glamal are the back of short sponsor for the campaign. It's a major supply of pipe fittings, flanges and valves in all material grades to the oil, gas, petrochemical, power and water industries around the world. Rose commented, we're all really pleased to welcome LFF Glamal to our sponsor portfolio for the coming season after agreeing a partnership to support both parties. Their branding now appears on the back of the first team short and will be recognised nationally as a highly reputable company. We'd like to thank them for their incredible support. And a local director added, we're proud to sponsor Hartlepool United, a local company supporting a local team. Established in 1971, we've been supplying Teesside and all our customers around the world with quality assured pipes. Flanges, fittings and associated piping equipment for over 50 years. They have a 10-acre site at Wynyard in Teesside and our diverse stock range is enhanced by our in-house machine shop, which adds significant flexibility to our inventory profile. Wish the team every success this season and hope they can get back into the EFL where we belong. That leads nicely into some welcome news for people who may be after the away shirt, doesn't it, Davo? It does. And if you haven't got yours, you can pre-order yours now and that's available on the club website poolsretail.com the delivery is expected at the end of September and if you fancy some new phone cases as well there is some new Pools phone cases some doormats some beer mats as well so go and check that out at poolsretail.com you need one of them beer mats you this is it and I'm not on commission as well just to say yeah we we best put that out there no direct official to Pools Retail and tickets um Final bit of club news then. Today it was announced that the Oldham New Year's Day fixture at Boundary Park has been changed to Saturday the 30th of December with the same kickoff time. Davo, it's a cold enough ground as it is. I've been there on New Year's Day before. Never mind in December. I mean, it was cold when we went in September being in that shade. It's going to be flipping freezing, but fingers crossed we're still in the same position um, flying up that league table and uh, we can take a big following down to Greater Manchester. But that's the final bit of club news and it's time to move on to the previews for Fylde and Chesterfield. Of course, the two teams that we're facing this bank holiday double. Let's start with Fylde on Saturday. We're not going to go into massive detail with these. Um, we're just going to kind of touch on the form for a little bit of a change. So Fylde's last four games, of course, we've played four in the National League this campaign. They've won one, lost two and drawn one. They've conceded 10, scored eight. And last time out, they lost in the 99th minute to Wheelston 3-2 and also had a man sent off who, of course, will be suspended for the upcoming fixture. Now, according to live score, a head-to-head is currently not looking too pretty for Pools. We've drawn two and we've lost three, conceding 13 and scoring eight. Now, the most significant... Well, there's two fixtures against Fylde that stand out massively for me. The first one will be when I met 
three of both our very good friends now. Um, that was the first time we met, actually, was filed away with 3-1 down, 89th minute, and the 90... Ooh, that's challenging me now. It was one of the 90th minute. Um, Devante Rodney curled one in the top corner and we drew three all. That was absolute carnage. And then another one was when we lost 4-2. And I'm not kidding you, the win that day was absolutely ridiculous. I'm surprised the game even went ahead. But that's the National League for you. I mean, we lost 4-2, should never have been 4-2. One of their goals, I remember, the player put cross in. And the wind just blew it into the net. Like, it just went as if someone had whipped it so hard. And it just all of a sudden flew in. And we lost that one. But that's one thing I remember about Fylde, how cold it is whenever you go. Thankfully, we're at home on Saturday. And, you know, I'd say pretty confident heading into that one. But we'll talk about our predictions at the end of the podcast. Davo, perhaps you can just give us a little rundown on the head-to-head figures and how Chesterfield are getting on this current campaign. Yeah, as expected, Chesterfield... Out the traps quite quickly. They've won three. They've drew one and they haven't lost any games yet. They've scored 11 and conceded seven. Um, played Oxford City, Dork on the opening day. And, you know, just to say, squeeze past them both. Um, their last game, they drew one at all at home to Oldham. And while we're on the theme of late goals, James Norwood scored in the 96th minute, which afterwards presented us with some very bizarre scenes in regards to the Oldham fans, I mean, you'd, you'd have thought that they won the Champions League final the way they were no, going on, invading the pitch. And I believe, obviously, Jack, you were watching the game. You I may was. be able to correct me, but I believe there was an incident with the Chesterfield goalkeeper. I'm not sure if he was attacked or whatever. Um, well, yes. I, just thought, I, I just thought very reports. It's shocking. I mean, it's embarrassing as well. Could never be my club. Um, I'm preempting nothing like that happening on Monday if Pools decide to uh, score a last minute winner. But yeah, just a bunch of biffs, really. I mean, you can't be you can't be running on like that, man. I mean, you've equalised in the fourth game of the season, and you're running on the pitch as you said, like they've all of a sudden like won the playoff final or something like that. I mean. Added to that, it's as you said, the Chesterfield keeper gets assaulted. I mean, there's just no need for that. Enjoy equalising. We all know the incredible feeling. Pools managed to do it on quite a few occasions towards the end of last season. And I'll never forget the Dan Kemp effect on you at Wimbledon. um, One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You were laying out on the ground like that. I mean, you know, we all 
know the adrenaline and the emotion that's involved with a last minute equaliser. But like behave. I mean, it's just yeah, it's embarrassing. It's um, bizarre. It is very bizarre. And in the last twenty four hours, there has been arrest uh, a man on suspicion of invading the pitch at a National League football match. Officers are also investigating alleged fighting between fans at the Chesterfield Oldham game yes. at SMH Group Stadium on Saturday and reports of a goalkeeper being pushed. Well, I don't know what the suspicion is of. He's flipping, running around on the pitch. You can't miss him. I mean, enough video on Twitter. There was some uh, Chesterfield fans started knocking knocking down some Oldham fans and stuff um, on the side of the pitch. And I mean, it's just like, yeah. I mean, it quickly transpired, didn't it, from being a football match at National League level to then being into like a, a bare-knuckle fight. You know, like you say, fans fight each other, you know, just come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not being funny as well. The ref, there was still two minutes of added time to play and the ref called it off due to like, you know, the potential mm. for it to boot off even further. Yeah, very, very bizarre. But I'll let you carry on with uh, <laughs> with the form and head-to-head of Chesterfield. Head-to-head, 11 Chesterfield wins, three draws, four pools wins. Um, I'm assuming we've conceded 33 and scored 25. That is correct. Although, you know, you should never assume because it shouldn't makes an ass out of you and me. Very, but, very true. I mean, that's according to live score again. And I'm not being funny. We scored 25, right? We scored five of them the last time we visited. I mean, let, let's just touch back for old time's sake. Let, let's go back to that game. I mean, we honestly took the mick that game, didn't we? I think it was Dave Chandler's first away game. It was. I'm just looking now, the 26th of November, 2019. And that was probably the best I've ever seen Gus to play in a post yet. He scored twice that night. Could have scored more with other goals coming from Luke James. And again, another brace for a post player that night in the way of Jimmy Toure. Um, we actually scored all six goals on the night because the Chesterfield goal came courtesy of Peter Chioso. But yeah, it was a brilliant night at the office. But then, funnily enough, we beat them and then it was a long, long time since we then won away again. Yes, very true. In typical Pose fashion. Indeed. But let's hope we have a repeat of that come Monday. Ooh, yeah. But let's go to the next section of the podcast, which is the On This Day. And this is as at the time of recording. So it's 35 years ago today that Pools, yeah, walloped Alex Ferguson's Manchester United 6-0. Davo, I know you're not going to enjoy this section, being a big Man United fan you are. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, let's just have a look at the... Article on Hartlepool Mail. So August the 24th, 2023 marks 35 years since Hartlepool United thrashed Manchester United 6-0 in a pre-season friendly. Now, it says here, not many football clubs can count a pre-season friendly as one of the proudest days in their history. But then again, not many clubs can say they've beaten Manchester United 6-0. So... Pools were in the old Division 4 for nearly 20 years and had finished 16th under John Bird in 1987-88. 
Alex Ferguson, as he was plainly known at the time, had just led Manchester United's second place in Division 1 in his first full season in charge at Old Trafford. The clubs had only met once competitively to that day and Pools had actually come close to an FA Cup shock when they narrowly lost 4-3 a legend, legendary Busby Babes in a third-round clash at a packed Victoria ground in January 1957. But on the night, there was a hat-trick from Kevin Dixon and strikes from John Tinkler, Andy Tolman and Simon Grayson. Now, I guess listeners who may not be aware of this are wondering how strong was the Manchester United team that turned up. Well, strong enough, according to the Artie Paul Mail, because Norman Whiteside, Paul McGrath, Viv Anderson and Mike Duxbury, who was a change to the side listed in the match programme, were all seasoned internationals. Lee Sharp and Mark Robbins would later establish themselves as top flight players. Now, for some more nostalgia and for the people who listen to this podcast who may be more from this era or who even attended the game, let's just quickly run through the squads. I'll do the pools one and the Man United fan that you are, you can talk us through the United one, Davos. So first up, pools had Paul Norton, Paul Haig, Rob McKinnon, absolute class act by all accounts. My dad's talked about him on many occasions. John Tinkler, Tony Smith, Wayne Stokes, Brian Honor needs no um, introduction. Andy Toman, John Borthwick, Kevin Dixon, Tony Barra, Keith Nobbs, Simon Grayson, Russell Doig and Paul Ogden. Now bringing to you their Manchester United team is our resident Manchester United fan, Mr Adam Davison. I mean, I hope you've had good pleasure out of saying that because that's three times in about five minutes that you've mentioned that. So I can quite imagine the stick I'll be getting when this episode gets going. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, cheers, pal. Yeah. <laughs> so in goal for Manchester United, someone you might recognise, the former Hartlepool manager, Chris Turner. Tony Gill, Lee Sharp, Derek Brazil, Wayne Heseltine, Liam O'Brien, Paul Dalton, Billy Garton, Viv Anderson, Paul McGrath, Norman Whiteside, Paul Ratton, David Wilson, Mark Robbins, another familiar name within the footballing world. And I'm I'm going to try my best here. It looks like Denoyle Graham. If I've got that wrong, I do apologise if you are listening, Denoyle. I doubt that you are. But, yeah, um, that was my team that night. Wow. So... I guess you're all wondering, how did Pose and Manchester United respond to the result? Well, Pose won the first two Division 4 matches of the season, including a 2-1 derby victory over the scum, Darlington, and were second at the end of September after Dixon scored twice against Cambridge United. Manchester United campaign, campaign started on August the 27th with a disappointing 0-0 draw with QPR. There's a book coming soon. What is it? Asked the Hartlepool Mail. The book was six successive league defeats with pulls back in the bottom half of the table. Bird left for Division 4 rivals York City. Ex-Newcastle United captain Bobby Munko took over at the Vic before the team finished in 19th place. Trophyless Manchester United finished a disappointing 11th. Has Fergie ever dared return to Hartlepool since? While Pools and Manchester United have never met since, there is a tale about Fergie rushing from a 1992 match at Borough to have a pint with some old mates down Church Street. Wonder whether they went to Spoons. Um, 
Given Sir Alex's reputation for clock watching, we wondered whether he demanded another five minutes come last orders. And a certain Chris Turner later became one of Hartlepool United's most successful managers. In his first two spells in charge, he saved the club from non-league oblivion in 1999 before leading four successive promotion charges. Now, it does not trump promotion parties or even the greatest escapes from relegation in 1990, 97, 2010 and 2015. But many lower league clubs can claim, not many, sorry, lower league clubs can claim to have beaten Manchester United, never mind hammered them. Speaking on the 25th anniversary, poorly Phil Dunn described the win as a surreal once in a lifetime night. Well, Davo, a very different on this day section, um, you know, and one which I thoroughly enjoyed looking back on, one that comes with plenty of nostalgia, albeit a pre-season fixture, but that wraps up our section of On This Day, which was, of course, Pools beating Manchester United 6-0. We find ourselves saying this an awful lot, but we honestly continue to be blown away by your support and... We had the FCAs, which is the Football Content Awards, followers the other day on, on Twitter. And, you know, that for us is a big thing. I mean, Davo, you were saying some of the people who've won there um, is absolutely massive. The likes of Laura Woods, I think, um, was one of the names you mentioned. And it's a very prestigious thing. And it's basically an award ceremony celebrating the best in online football media. So they followed us the other day and have opened up nominations for basically lots of different categories. And one of the categories is, of course, the um, non-league one and the best in non-league. That is the actual name of the category. Now, we'll just quickly talk you through how you can vote. If you have done, honestly, thank you so much. I mean... Devil, some of the kind comments and messages we've received have really touched us, haven't they? They have, Mace. You know, it means the world, you know, when people get in touch and the comment and the support us and, you know, the support that we've had, everyone rallying around together, trying to get us as many votes as possible. And one person in particular blows away and it's someone that we all know and love. It is the former face of Gillette Soccer Saturday, our honorary president, Mr. Jeff Stiller. I mean, for us, that's absolute madness. You know, both of us growing up, watching him on screen, you know, screaming everything about polls, the James Brown doll, and all of a sudden there he's on social media advocating for us to, to be up there, you know, trying to win an award. So, yeah, you know, it means the world to us both. You know, we love doing this. You know, we love providing this service to you. And all we want is to provide this podcast and for you guys at home to be proud of what we do. So. Yeah, we can't thank you enough and hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, who knows what's possible. Well, it would be absolutely incredible to make it to that awards awards day, um, awards evening, I should say, at Anfield. But just a little background. So the voting process, this is on the FCA website. So nominations are selected from both fans and judges with the nominations period starting on Monday the 21st of August, obviously three days ago from the time of recording. And it ends on Sunday, the 3rd of September. Then there will be a final shortlist, which will be consulted with judges from the judge nominations and the vote fan votes with a finalist list of up to 10 per category selected. 
The finalists' round decision-making is split 50-50 between fans and judges. So fans will have the opportunity to vote for their choices and the judges will score their top three choices to decide the gold, silver and bronze winners in each category. Now, we honestly thank you so much, everyone who's nominated the podcast. There is going to be another, if we do make that shortlist, there is going to be another round of, of voting. And all we can ask you is please, please, please spread the word and vote. Um, if it does get to that stage, if it doesn't, as Davos already said, we're completely blown away by your support that you've shown us. And we don't do it for any accolade or anything like that. It's That's not why we do it. And we just do it because we want to provide a platform. And there was a lack of a platform for you Pulse fans to engage with, for you to give your thoughts, your opinions and, and discuss the football club that we absolutely love. So, you know, that's just really a thank you. And and if you haven't voted, check out our Twitter um, or you can go to the FCA's website, just type in football content awards and um, you can go and you can go and find the vote page. And you honestly only have to put in um, the HFC chat on the best in non-league for the podcast, but also a shout out. Um, I know I've seen that um, Jill from her game too at Pools was asking about um well, I wasn't asked. Well, was tweeting about whether uh, people would lend their support to, um, you know, to their cause as well. So, if you haven't already voted, and you are gonna vote, it'd be brilliant if you could um, give them a vote as well. I know that um, I'm just finding now as we speak the category that um, that they're in, um, so that I can point you to that. So, for best in women's football you can nominate her game too. So um, just a, a little plug for them. If you haven't already voted, um, HFC chat podcast for the best in non-league, if that's something that you believe. And um, then, of course, her game too, the best in women's football. But we'll go now on to the final part of this episode, Davo, and it, it's your part of the podcast. It always will be. So, you know, take it away. It is time for predictions, and not only do we get to do it once, we get to do it twice because there is a double header this bank holiday weekend. So we will start with AFC file. But before we do that, Jack, let's do it. Let's change it up. Let's make it even better. Let's do it. Three predictions. So we've got how many points we're going to take to start with. Then we're going to have the prediction for the file game, and then we'll have a prediction for Chesterfield. So shall we start with how many points we're going to take from this bank holiday weekend? You can go first, and then I'll read out what the fans have voted as well. Oh my goodness, you are spoiling me here. <laughs> <laughs> so how many points we'll take? Yeah, so do you think it's going to be between naught and 3, 4, or 6 out of 6? I'd love to say 6, but I think that would be me being a little bit too, you know, in the moment. So I am going to say four. We beat Fired on Saturday comfortably and we get a fought, a fought? We get a hard fought driving on Monday. I am going to, as it seems to happen quite often, agree with you. Um, because I, I think for us to take, I mean, if we take six out of six, we seriously, seriously are cooking like on another level. Um, but even if we take four, I think that's a really solid return from our first month. So I'm going to go with four. And 
the 86 of you that voted, we did a very, we didn't have much time between putting this out and recording, but we did a quick poll and um, 57% of you agree with us and it would be four points. 15% of you are feeling very, um, well, more pessimistic, let's say, not very pessimistic, but more pessimistic. 15% voting between naught and three points out of the two fixtures. Davo, you're pulling a face there. Um, and then... 28% of you are very positive and going with six out of six, which would be incredible. But Davo, let's go for your, um, well, you know what? I'll start with the filed at the weekend, Saturday, 5.30 on telly. Pools are going to keep a clean sheet. We'll start with that one. And I think we're going to win. Final result is going to be Pools. Three, 5-0. I do agree. I think the clean sheet is inbound. I think it's a great opportunity for us, you know, at home as well. Ooh. I am going for Hartlepool United 4, AFC 5-0. And you've just looked there. You've just sat back in massive shock. Um. I'm not copying off our good friend, Bailey Winwood, because I know how much he likes to predict pools to win 4-0 every single weekend. But <laughs> I do just fancy it this weekend. I actually think it's going to happen. I think this is going to be the one time we do score four. So I am going to score four. You're going to score four. You're Sorry, okay. uh, no, I'm, no, I'm not. No, I'm not going to score four. <laughs> pools are going to score four, but yeah, I'm going to go 4-0. Chesterfield on Monday, a tough game. I think... I do think it could have similar vibes to South End. I just think it could be goals galore. I'm going to go, you might laugh, but I'm going to go 3 all. I just think it's going to be a really bizarre game. And just thinking about it now, it just fascinates me because I just think it could be that way inclined. Oh, it was the equaliser as well. Oh, yeah, for us. I'd be good. I'd be good if we conceded late on. Well, yeah, but I mean, you'd be happy with a point, wouldn't you? I mean, to go down to a tough place in Chesterfield, a good team, someone who's going to be up there challenging for the league. Of course you would, but it's one of the worst noises ever to hear, especially in like the last minute of a game. And oh, yeah, let's not think about that. Um, but yeah, I, as I said in the overall, I said. Gonna go with four points from the two fixtures, so I'm gonna go with a um, two all draw. You see, I really wanted to say Pools are gonna beat Chesterfield as well, but I don't want to get carried away. I just think you know, if we go there and get a solid point, I think it'll be something that you know we can be proud of. So I don't think yeah. you're getting carried away by saying Pools could win. I think that's just you being. That's now, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I have been the most positive person ever on this podcast this season. And we've never seen it before. Scrap me first prediction. Pulls are on for six out of six. We're going to beat Chesterfield 2-1 on Monday. Heard it here first. I, I just can't not. I've got that feeling now. Yeah, six out of six. I've changed my prediction. Pulls win 3-0 Saturday, 2-1. Um, 2-1 Monday. And uh, life's good. Life's incredible. Wow. I mean, I do love that from you, my very good friends, and I hope you're right. You know, all the Pulse fans in massive limbs, carnage everywhere, people on the floor. You, know, you with your new hip, you'll be flying everywhere. It'll, Ooh, be, yeah. it'll be magic. 
Dio oh. Imam didn't hear that, by the way. You know, Adam will be on his best behaviour on away days. Thankfully for you, Imam is out at the moment, so... <laughs> Brilliant. Well, well, we've avoided we've avoided that discussion. But anyway, let's end the podcast there before we go down another rabbit hole. And as we said, life at Hartlepool United is, is one that's extremely positive at the minute. Um, we're absolutely loving doing this. Um the podcast throughout this season, creating more and more content with the way we're going. And we love it anyway, but it just makes it so much easier when you're planning podcasts after another win. And let's hope it continues for a very long time. And, and it's one of our best seasons that we've had in recent history because, you know, something special is building at Arlipo United Football Club and, and I hope long may it continue. Davo, you opened up the episode and I'm also going to give you the honour of closing the episode with our favourite catchphrase. You can tell I'm in a good mood and I'm enjoying pills at the minute, can't you? You can. You can, mate. Honestly, I'm getting spoiled today. Three predictions, the introduction, the outro. What's going on? Incredible. Just giving you more responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, over to you to wrap this episode, Davo. On that note, that does in fact conclude another episode of the number one Hartley United podcast in the world. And we do look forward to seeing as many of you as possible down there on Monday. Keep the faith, back the boys, and never say die. We will see you in the next episode. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.